Welcome to a good goodbye with certified thanatologist Gail Rubin. She says talking about sex won't make you pregnant. Talking about funerals won't make you dead. Brought to you by Funeral Radio. And now your host, Gail Rubin. It used to be when you died, you had two choices. You could be buried or you could be cremated by fire. However, over the past 20 years, the rise of commercial alkaline hydrolysis is starting to make an impact on the funeral industry. Today, I'm pleased to have with us Samantha Sam Sieber, a biologist with BioResponse Solutions, to talk about alkaline hydrolysis and what it means for the business today. Welcome, Sam. Hi, thank you for having me, Gail. So tell me a little bit about alkaline hydrolysis. What is it and what kind of history does it have? Well, the, the term alkaline hydrolysis itself is something that you would hear if you take a biochemistry class or a, a biology class. Um, it's actually, the true definition is that it's a simple process by which complex molecules are broken down into their constituent building blocks. And it's, it works by insertion of water and hydrogen atoms, uh, I'm sorry, ions, and um, the atoms uh, break the bonds that hold all the larger building blocks together. So were it not for alkaline hydrolysis, we couldn't process our food into nutrients for our bodies. It, it, it does occur in our small intestines at a pH of about 8, aided by enzymes. But the reason that you have me on here is um, for, I guess, a, the use of the term in a more broad sense. And uh, in that scope, alkaline hydrolysis is a method of final disposition. Mm -hmm. And in most states and provinces, it depends where you are. Um, it's considered a form of cremation. But there's a few states that um, have defined it by an alternative separate definition, um, such as alkaline hydrolysis. So it is basically, that's interesting because when you talked about our intestines, I know, uh, I've heard about having an alkaline diet as opposed to an acidic diet and yes. helping your digestion. So, and, and what I've heard about the commercial use of alkaline hydrolysis to dispose of bodies is that it's actually helpful for the uh, the pipes of the systems that that take our effluent, um, the sewage systems. But before we get to that, let's let's talk a little bit more about how did you get involved with this business? Well, I I didn't really have a choice. I grew up around it. <laughs> uh, my father uh, my father's always made medical and solid waste processing systems. Um, primarily used for hospitals and research facilities. And he, um, he met the two scientists that uh, were, I guess, the inventors of modern alkaline hydrolysis as we know it today. Um, and he fell in love with the technology. At the time, they were um, developing a system for the proper disposal of animal mortalities. And the draw to the technology was um, its sterilization capabilities, its cleanliness, um, no air emissions, 
and lower energy consumption. So um, you know, my dad actually met them at a, a biosafety conference, fell in love with the technology and uh, developed a company where we live here in Indianapolis based around that technology. That was uh, not quite 20 years ago, but it was some time ago. So uh, I'm 33, so I've spent almost half my life around the technology. Um, and, and that's how I got involved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, you, you had mentioned to me that alkaline hydrolysis actually has a history going back, you know, prior to the 20th century. It's, it's documented at least as soon as the 1880s. Hmm. And it was, you know, the, the roots of the technology as for that documentation were for um, animal mortalities and animal byproducts um, to reduce um, the material mm -hmm. to a manageable, actually fertilizer is back um, what the original patent was. So mm -hmm. it's actually a patent that documents the technology. So is the, uh, is, so what you get when you, dispose of a body using alkaline hydrolysis you're you're breaking down the body into into what what is your end product i so i think that's actually the first question you asked that i didn't answer is <laughs> what is this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the way that the system works it's a um you know they're really it's really a state-of-the-art piece of equipment it's all stainless steel there's a a vessel or a chamber that the deceased would be placed inside and um, the as far as the operator they press a button to initiate the cycle and then what actually happens during the process is that a combination of uh, water flow temperature and alkalinity is used to create the ideal system um, for I mean really decomposition so it, it speeds up this process that would that would happen if you buried a body directly in the soil alkaline hydrolysis plays a large role in regular uh, decomposition that's carried out by nature um, there's other things involved with a, a burial decomposition like microorganisms and um, just other types of mechanisms that we don't have going on in this process so the body over time um, and how long it takes depends on what temperature we're performing the process. The body is reduced to just the final mineral remains, which are the, the bone remains. Um, we actually, it's just the calcium phosphate that remains. Um, everything else, the processed water would be, there's no DNA or RNA. It would be the, um, amino acids, sugars, salts, um, any, anything that would be in the body like, um, oh, you know, there might be chemotherapy drugs, uh, maybe embalming fluid if the family chose to have an embalming and, uh, excuse me, a viewing, then um, embalming fluid is broken down. So um, drugs and embalming fluids are broken down by a combination of, they're either heat labile amine labile or alkaline labile, which means um, that some part of the process breaks them down. So what you have at the end is a process water. Um, you know, in the process, it's, it uses 95% water 
and 5% alkali. So the processed water is primarily, it's water-based. It's the consistency of water. Mm-hmm. There's some misinformation um, floating around our wonderful web about that. It's, it's not, it's the consistency of water. It has a light brown coloration to it. It's not green. Um, and then that, that which I, I guess you could call the byproducts of decomposition. Mm-hmm. Typically, the solution is discharged. Um, the machine fills back up completely with clean water and does a um, about a 30-minute clean water rinse of the final bone remains and of the equipment, and then that and that's discharged. And so, what you have left are just the final bone remains. Um, any, you know, there are some materials. Any implants that would be in the body mm-hmm. um, actually come out very clean and um, unaffected by the process so those are typically recycled Um, uh, some of my customers have liked that they can return you know gold teeth to the family sometimes the family wants that back but they're at least able to ask them you know if they would like that back and uh, like hip replacements can can those actually be reused or repurposed I'm, I'm not sure. Repurposed, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, they go for recycling to be, to be processed back into, I guess, what you would call a raw metal. And there's a lot of implant recycling companies. Now, this is actually done with, um, with flame cremation as well. So this mm-hmm. isn't new. The mm-hmm. implant recycling companies existed before we were uh, installing these systems for human disposition. So... Um, so that's the but the am, implants look completely different. They're clean. They look almost they look brand new mm-hmm. after our process. And so typically they're recycled in the same way. I I think that there's rules against um, reuse. Well, I had heard that maybe Doctors Without Borders could use them in like third world countries. I've heard that too, and I I don't know if that's true. Oh, but okay. I have, I have heard that. Okay. Well, I don't want to be spreading misinformation. <laughs> I know they they should be able to, but that gets into medical law, and I'm j- okay. I'm just yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, is the um, the discharge the process water? Is that still good fertilizer as the, the initial process made it? It's wonderful fertilizer. It's new. It's all the nutrients that were in the body. If you think of what our what our fertilizers are, of course, this is good fertilizer, and it's sterile, so it's safe fertilizer. Has Has anybody actually used it for that that you know of? It well, it depends what industry you're speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> to. Um, in for systems that are used for animal mortalities, yes, it's very common. It's been done for 15 years. Um, there's been animal disease labs that completely, I, would, I wouldn't say completely recycle. It's all, all of the processed water is completely recycled in one way or another. But I would say they directly recycle. Um, as fertilizer so there's a lot of I have um, some pet crematories that directly recycle as fertilizer mm-hmm. yes and actually when my um, when my pets I, I lost uh, about a year and a half ago I lost a 
a kitty cat and a, a ferret. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> My husband had ferrets. <laughs> and uh, I was able, since I'm in this industry, I was able to take, I, I discharged into containers and I took and I had a couple big sycamore trees and excuse me in my yard and I was able to um, I guess feel a connection by fertilizing you know they were on my land Mm -hmm. with me so um but families generally don't ask for the 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 water the process water from a family member's disposition it's not it's not quite there yet I think that I think that that's the future of it I think that I the only reason I think that families would want that is because I wanted that Mm -hmm. and I think uh maybe I'm not alone in that so and I have had uh my customers who've obviously made the investment and put in these systems um and have been running them for a couple years they they think that that's where it's going to go someday it's just going to take some time i think there's a i i think it's it's just going to take some time Mm -hmm. well let's take a short break here and we'll be right back in three two one Welcome back. We're talking with Samantha Sieber, a biologist with BioResponse Solutions, about alkaline hydrolysis in the funeral industry. So, Sam, what are the, how many, do you know at the moment here at, in 2015, how many funeral homes, uh, medical schools are using alkaline hydrolysis? Hmm, that's a good question. There would be, uh, Oh, 19 that have systems for the disposition of human bodies. Um, Three of them are medical, I'm sorry, four of them are medical school installations. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm aware of based Mm -hmm. on what, how many we've installed and how many um, I know that uh, another company has installed. Mm-hmm. I believe that that would be all. That's for human disposition for, um, and then there's actually, that doesn't represent how many funeral uh, businesses are offering the service because a lot of uh, other funeral homes are able to offer this option to their families, even though they don't have the system. They use one of the, one of um the providers that has the system. Oh, good point. Good point. Do you know what families say when they're given a choice between fire cremation and water cremation or the various names that it's given? In fact, why don't you uh, share some of the names people have given the system or the process? (laughs) This is kind of fun. There's there's no shortage. I don't think it's over, but um, the, the most common uh, seem to be aquamation, resumation, dissolution. Um, and then we get into the, in the states where this is regulated as cremation, they're allowed to call it a type of cremation. So we have um, bio-cremation, green, green cremation, eco-cremation, um, hydro, flameless, water-based cremation, 
Um, and then uh, the state of Wyoming, actually, in their law, uh, let's see, the state of Oregon referred to it as dissolution. The state of Wyoming chose chemical disposition, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, the state of Minnesota refers in law as to it as alkaline hydrolysis. So that's a that's a list. I, will there will there be more? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what do families say when they're given a choice? Well, so I don't talk. I don't speak directly with the families. I talk to a lot of people. I guess what I would call civilians, public about mm-hmm. it. Um, the there's a difference between talking to people in general and talking to a family that is in in the process of making a decision for mm-hmm. either either themselves in advance or for a loved one. And for the people who are really looking at it and considering it, the response is positive across the board, but usually they're relieved. They didn't know there was another option. The We thought that people would choose this, you know, 100% because of the decreased environmental impact, the lower energy consumption, and it's just a greener, it, it's a greener technology. In the sea of everything, you know, in the cereal aisle, you can't walk down without seeing, you know, greener box. It's Mm-hmm. It's turned into a marketing thing, but this really is a greener technology. And some people speculate that, but that's not why families seem to choose it. They like that, but it's typically an aversion to fire hmm. or given a choice of a non-fire process, they select it. And it's about, um, I touch base with my customers routinely to find out what do you think the selection rate is for cremation families so um, not not burial families occasionally someone rarely will switch from burial to this option but typically people are either burial or or cremation and pretty steady in their decision Mm -hmm. Um, it's about it's greater than 80 percent selection for this water-based option over the fire when they're offered both and I don't think that's even an accurate measure because most of it's typically offered at a higher price. Oh, really? Even with a higher price? Even with a higher price. Wow. So I, I do, it's interesting. I, I did just place a system in Minnesota and they're the first uh, to price this slightly lower than flame cremation. And he has not... Um, had a family select flame cremation since he's put in his system I'd have to look at a calendar but maybe four months ago and the reason he priced that way is his nearest crematory as I understand it is uh, like a couple hours away Mm -hmm. so he was having to um, spend a lot of time transporting and you know back and forth and so he just said you know I'd rather do it here maintain full care you know, the families trust me. I want to provide the service completely for them in my own funeral home, and, and it helps us out, too. We don't have to drive. So he offers it at a lower price. Everyone else is either the same price, but the majority are offered between 200 and $700 uh, premium price over cremation price. So, so even with a slightly higher price, people are choosing it. 
given yes. a choice. Yes. Wow. And and we did talk a little bit about you do create pet systems, and in fact, this was first created to dispose of animal carcasses. You also have a, a number of pet alkaline hydrolysis systems, and um, can you talk a little bit about that? How many are in use? Um, what do people think about that? Sure. There's so the pet business. If that if the pet side is a forecast of where things will go with the human disposition, then it's, this is going to, you're going to see a huge increase in, um, availability of this technology. We have, uh, over, I'll, I'll just say over 50 systems specifically for pet, I guess I could say cremation in place. And the way that those actually, it's more common for a pet crematory to service a much larger area um, then when, when we install a system for human disposition, it's more of a local impact. A few of my, it depends on the business model of the funeral home or crematory, but uh, a select few of my customers offer it to a very a wide mile radius outside of their area with the human disposition. But with the pet cremation, if I put a system in, they typically service at least the whole state. Wow. And it's, the selection rate is greater with um, I have some pet crematories that have both flame and water-based options available and in those they're seeing the water-based take over at a much greater rate than 80 percent so it is selected at a higher rate when they're offered both Um, and of course when you look at states they they all have different rulings in terms of being able to use this technology for human disposition i'm guessing for pets maybe it's not as critical but um the when we talked uh, you said there were about 15 states that have already approved it and 10 more looking at coming on in 2016 uh, i will list those uh states uh, on the blog post associated with this interview at the Family Plot blog. Um, but d- just overall, how how are things looking in terms of legislatively uh, the acceptance of alkaline hydrolysis for humans? You know, it's tough. It's difficult. Um, it's difficult to get this addressed properly uh, in in a timely manner and I think there's a lot that goes into it for even if a a state board or state association or um, a member of a state is really um, on board with getting this addressed so that it can be an option, it's a, it's a slow, it can be a slow process. Sometimes it's fast. It depends if it requires a rule change or if it requires a change in legislation. And then it depends on how they're going to address it. I mentioned that most of the states has have addressed this as a form of cremation versus a separate disposition method. Mm. And I, I used to have an opinion on what the better way is, but it, it really is on a case-by-case basis. And what I would advocate for is if a state is considering approving or going through the motions of addressing this technology, um, to please... please uh, use me as a resource you know there's 
a lot of times the state legislative uh, the state authorities or boards think that well we have to regulate this this way because we're concerned about they have a specific concern that mm -hmm. they need to address and either way that you address it all of those all concerns can be met whether you address it as cremation or as a separate disposition method just real quick what what kind of objections get raised is it environmental or hmm well there's strong opinions on whether this is cremation or not and that's a separate I won't I won't burden your um, podcast with that but it I do I I believe it can be properly addressed as a form of cremation um, oh the proper type of equipment being used for this is yeah I mm -hmm. can you know can this will this will people do this in a bathtub well are cremations being performed on a bonfire yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> there's a, but there is yeah. a way to the uh, state authority can be sure that they have the authority to make sure this is done in the most dignified way possible and make sure the equipment is purpose-built and um, so that would be one concern um, a lot of mm, it it varies. We we want to avoid the Breaking Bad kind of dispositions. <laughs> that that, uh, that episode was infuriating to me. They used the wrong chemical, and it, it just wouldn't have happened that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, oh, I, but truly, truly, that that episode of Breaking Bad is is a huge problem for me getting this approved. It it created problems. It lingered on for a year. And I almost knew it when I watched the episode. I well, and this, it was it was acidic. Gosh. It wasn't alkaline. It was acid, which yeah. you never use, and it and it would not have uh, gone. The bathtub wouldn't have deteriorate, deteriorated in the way that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but and and they had the right. They actually had the right chemical out in their trailer. So it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they. Um, the other, the other thing is funeral law, it's different in every state. And in some states, funeral homes are not allowed to own cremation equipment. Only Maybe only cemeteries or, or a conglomerate that's not has no affiliation with a funeral home can own a crematory. That's in some states. And so then if this is regulated as cremation, funeral homes can't have it. If it's regulated separately and governed by a different board that governs funeral homes maybe a funeral home can put it in it gets into uh politics yeah really. yeah well sam this has just been a really wonderful interesting conversation thank you for taking the time if people want to find out more uh is there a website you'd suggest they visit sure we have a website it's bioresponsefuneral.com and there is a frequently asked questions section. And also, uh, you know, if anyone ever wants to know what the status is of a state or if they have a technical question or, or if they want to find a provider, um, I'm available as a resource. Just call me. And uh, I'm hap I, my favorite part of my day is when I do get to talk to families or people or just have kind of different conversations. Great. Uh, and they can find that number at the website, bioresponsefuneral.com. Yes, that's correct. Great. So if you're interested in the listing of the states that have so far approved some form of the use of alkaline hydrolysis, you can see that on the blog post along with this 
podcast at the family plot blog at a com. Thanks for listening. Remember, talking about sex won't make you pregnant and talking about funerals won't make you dead. Thank you.